0: Get the party started. (laughs) When was the
1: last time you shit your pants? You
2: think I'm a damn
1: fool? I shit my pants (laughs) last night. It's a beautiful planet. Well, it's a moon. Fur. Sure. I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit.
2: Put that in your (laughs) fucking package, folks.
0: What's up, everybody? Josh from the Cleaning Waivers Podcast coming at you for another week of the Cleaning Waivers Podcast. How are you doing? Hope you're doing great. We appreciate you stopping by for this week's episode. Um, we're kind of joining a new venture here with our partnership with the Royals Review. So if you found us through the RoyalsReview.com site, welcome. Uh, we appreciate you stopping by. We appreciate you stopping by Royals Review. I myself have been writing for them for a few seasons, so uh, they've, they've opened their arms wide open to me per a Creed song that we all enjoy. But uh, I've enjoyed covering the Royals with them uh, for the time. But uh, it's very good to be on the podcasting side of that as well. So we appreciate you coming by. We appreciate you uh, uh, your your comments, any replies that you might have. Get, let us know how we're doing, what we're doing good, uh, what we're doing bad. Yeah, they're probably not going to have any of those. Let's be real here. But in case you have some uh, critical uh, uh, analysis, send them our way. We're always looking to be better. We came. We went about a two-week break here to kind of reset. If you've heard us before, you've heard a new theme song already, so we're really, really excited about that awesome uh, uh, mix, also done by our buddy Ben Rigby again. But without further ado, let's get into it. First, we need to meet the co-host here, Brian. Two weeks off. How'd how'd it treat you, man?
1: I'm feeling refreshed, and I got a little even more energetic when I saw that Gerard Dyson signing we got tonight. Can't wait to chat about that, Um, but... Uh, spring trading's here. I love this time of year because everyone's got a chance, except
0: the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Hope renewed. The, the, <laughs> it's a, it's truly spring when the Royals fans are like, hey, we might be frisky this year. That's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we do have a few different transactions to cover uh, since we've been gone. But before we do that, Kitty, how was your two weeks? I had a good two weeks. Uh, spent most of it indoors, uh, except for a couple forays
2: out to the golf course. I was going to say. Spring least... is <laughs> back for me as well as I'm <laughs> golfing again. Had that month-long stretch where I couldn't get on the course, so that was yep. a terrible bus, But now I'm oh, back.
0: the golfing's bad when it's negative 15 degrees outside. Not ideal. <laughs> Not ideal. That makes sense, I guess. Um, so yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. We got a lot of spring training. We're just gonna be a Royals heavy episode this week because like we're all pumped about spring training. So without further ado, let's get into clearing the waivers. We're clearing the waivers, boys. We've got some transactions to discuss not only are we getting the band all the way back together with Gerard Dyson. We also made a really uh, hot, hot trade for Andrew Benatendi as well as Hunter Dozier fresh off a four year uh, contract extension, with a little bit of an option on the fifth round, but let's talk about the Benatendi trade at first, the Royals send Khalil Lee to the New York Mets, as well as Franchi Cordero and a player to be named later to the Red Sox. But don't worry, they did get some cash back with 2.8 million dollars coming back from the Boston Red Sox. Andrew Benintendi is 26 years old. He'll be a free agent in two seasons, I believe, this year, and we have him under control next year. And he's on the cheap this year, so it's a it's a really good buy low uh, scenario for Andrew Benatendi. Seems to fill a hole in that lineup and maybe lengthens it a little bit here but Brian, let's start with you what's your thoughts on the Andrew you been
1: trade so as we kind of alluded to earlier this time of year it's always the same story from dayton uh, no matter what the roster looks like he likes what the roster is he likes his team and thinks they can be competitive and he's bullshitting you he's bullshitting me he's bullshitting himself but this is different right i when they went out and they were aggressive and getting carlos santana mike minor you think okay they're back. they're plugging holes with actual guys yeah and you see that lineup and you see the pitching staff and as he's talked about it's kind of already set and usually we see these bad royals teams go out there and they've got half the lineup that are a bunch of unknown guys that we're just going to throw against the wall and see who sticks the brett phillips the bubba starlings the chris gets the whatever paulo orlando or top 100s
0: that uh, <laughs> that needs some kind of uh, change of scenery type
1: that's of thing. right they're either half the lineup is either unknown guys with upside or they're known bad baseball players and that's not <laughs> the case with this we're bringing in a guy that's a known good player maybe hitting his prime and they gave up two of the guys that they love to throw against the wall and see if they stick, and Khalili and, and French Cordero. And I wanted to sell myself that Franchi's got this upside if he just stays healthy, if, 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 if. if. We've, got, we've had so many if guys through the years as Royals yep. fans. It's nice to have a guy that's a known good player, solid defensively in left field. He fills the hole, Gordon's leaving. How big a hole that was is to be... <laughs> 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 paid it. but he's he's the on-base guy that dayton talked about bringing in he got him and santana in there after confusing us all very much with the michael taylor acquisition when <laughs> a guy that does not get on base at all so it, you like him at the top of the order breaking up that heavy right-handed uh, lineup he's he basically just fills in all the holes that we were that we had he and also i mean as a bonus I, he just seems like a super likable guy his teammates all seem to like him fan base loves him yeah and as an added bonus too, I we gave up to maybe high ceiling guys risky guys but the talk all offseason was if you want to go get an impact bat you're probably looking at giving up one of your young stud pitchers you know Jackson Cobar or Daniel Lynch type guy and we didn't have to do that we still got mm-hmm. our young pitching and they may if we get competitive at, at the deadline maybe they do look to still make a deal and upgrade a position but that line was pretty damn salty right now and, and I like where it is so at the end of it i hated giving up Franchi and khalil who the hell knows what he is but i love having a known guy that we can plug in up there behind wit and in between whatever master they want to put behind him and and so ultimately i I think it's a big time win for the royals
0: yep i think when i my first reaction the first time i heard about it rumored i was like no this is that Dayton move where he's like look see see guys i did it i got (laughs) me a a left-handed impact back and he's like a dude that's coming off a what was it? A 442 OPS, a, a worst offensive season than Nicky Lopez. Didn't know that was a thing, but uh, <laughs> when they finally pulled the trigger, I kind of started to come down on it. I was very leery about the package because again, it felt like it was one of those, Hey, look, see guys, I'm trying by Dayton more. And it would just cause him to overpay still might have. I mean, that's still uh, very much up in the air. A very possibility. Like Brian said, both Franchi and Khalil Lee are high ceiling guys. I would have liked to have kept Khalil Lee. Obviously, you have to give something to get something, but both of those dudes have a high ceiling. They're both very good power bats with good speed, decent glove. Well, Franchi's not a great glove, but his stat cast numbers are ridiculous. So it seemed like you want to keep one of those lottery tickets in the mix kind of just to make sure you're not getting you know, get rid, getting rid of somebody that could turn in an all-star at, at any minute. But uh, Franchi can't put it together as far as injuries go most of the time. Khalil was struggling mightily the the more he got and saw more advanced pitching. So I think the odds of both of them kind of failing are are pretty solid, but they do both have very high ceilings, they're both very raw athletically. So gotta give something to get something. Uh Benatendi did have a 796 OPS in the first four full seasons of his career. Not too shabby. I'll take that all day every day. That's that's a little bit better than Alex Gordon, believe it or not. I don't know <laughs> if you knew that or not, but uh Uh, But, yeah, you are getting that left-handed bat. Pretty ideal two-hole, like Brian said, splitting up those righties at the top. And uh, I I think you can also shove – modesty further back if you need to, taking some of the pressure off of him, off of Nikki Lopez to, to perform at the plate right now, and uh, hopefully they can just relax and find their groove. So I, I do really, really like the trade in hindsight, and I hope that it all kind of works out. But there was another transaction that happened in the last couple of days. Hunter Dozier agreeing to a $25 million four-year contract extension, bought out the final two years of his arbitration years, and as well as one to two potential free agent years from hunter dozier with it would be his 34 and 35 season in those free agent years kitty where are you at on this dozier extension yeah it's, it's i'm kind of back and forth on it i've
2: gone i've talked myself into it talked myself out of it i just kind of i don't know exactly where i stand anymore mm-hmm. biggest problem for me on some of these extensions like extension like this is he's already baseball old i mean he's 29 years old this season coming up sure and everything you read about i, mean, I guess it's kind of probably may have shifted a little bit more with nutrition and health and working out more and guys really taking care of themselves a little better where age 26 to 27 might not be the peak as much as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think if you probably took a little more of a look at the last 10 to 15 years, instead of more than that, you'd probably see a lot more guys having later and longer peaks. Yep. So there is that possibility there with him. And he doesn't, he's not a guy that's out of shape at all at this point. So you feel he's
0: probably not going to age that terribly. Mm -hmm. the only thing that kind of gives me pause about it is injury history
2: yeah he's had some problems there too i mean i think in last year i'm not even going to count last year so that out the window hard to count 2020 for anything for any player, really and i mean the other problem with him is the defense he's not giving you a whole lot on the uh, defensive side of the ball at all and if you already have i mean i'm not sure how long Salvi can stay behind the plate if they extend him at all then you're ended up just basically having a zero either at first base or in left field with Dozier and then Salvi and him splitting DH time. So I can see where they're going with it, though. I mean, you want to keep your guys. You think he's part of the at least the next couple of years this is where they kind of seeing like they're throwing a lot of their eggs into. Mm-hmm. So you keep him around, pay him money, make him happy. Maybe that'll just juice him up a little bit and just making a guy happy could help their performance that next year. His 2019 year was really good. At the plate, so if that's who they believe he is the money is going to be well worth it because you can get enough value out of that <laughs> out of that out of that bat for a royals team and you're especially with the guys he's hitting probably in the sixth hole and he's that bat so you are going to probably get good value if that's who he is mm-hmm. so i decided to look at some of the uh just looking on baseball reference and there's one name that really popped really popped at similar batting through age 28 season most of them are just guys you just don't look. yeah not not surprised. Ooh, like Brian, hold on,
1: bro-
0: Can we? Brian, can we guess? Yeah, I'll let
2: I'll let you guess who the good bat is. I'm going to go through some of the not good bats. And the first one on the list that made me laugh was Brian Goodwin. Who we just gave away. <laughs> we just cut two years ago. No one. You know, sure. okay. There was John Nunnally was on this list. Wow. <laughs> Scott Hairston. So just not not great bats. But there's one. who's was ridiculous. A little late bloomer bat here. That if he becomes him, it's. The greatest contract ever signed. Jose his, Bautista,
0: uh, Joey Bats. No, nope. that's. It's I mean, it's nice. probably pretty close. I
2: would imagine he's wouldn't have been too far, a little farther down, but he was
0: the guy I had in mind, and I've comped him to Dozier before. uh, More of his 2018 season, I think. Not really a late bloomer, but Nick Castellanos always kind of came to mind when I thought about Dozier.
2: Not him. This is
0: a guy in the AL
2: Central, or has been for a while. Recently, it's Nelson Cruz. I'd uh, be wow. Neat was his number three comp through his age twenty eight season. So that's one wow. of those hey, if this one out of ten hits, that's a fantastic deal. Sure. I think Nelson so, Cruz I mean, is forty four years old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Still hits <laughs> no, so ball just, very, very hard. I'm really hopeful that twenty nineteen was the, the dozer that mm-hmm. we end up getting for the remainder of this deal with on the offensive side of the ball. And defense will you can plug a guy in that's hitting that well and you're not too worried about his defense and being yeah. a subpar
0: and which that's always been a problem
2: with the Royals. You're subbing in super subpar bats with average defense in the outfield. And you're like, well, this well, doesn't yeah. do anyone any
0: good. He, he does seem genuinely psyched about being a Royal potentially for the rest of his career, which is not nothing. I always, you mm-hmm. know, I always point to these type of situations where when we were growing up, we were clamoring for any of these guys just to want to stay around. Let alone oh, yeah. for the Royals to pay them enough to to come back. Dozier, Duffy, Salvi, all these guys signed up to stick around. Witt kind of didn't have any choice, but he <laughs> still bought out a free agent year as well to to be part of this organization. And that's not nothing. I think that's a that's a really solid sh- uh, shift in culture, which we might get to later in this episode. But the other thing that kind of stood out to me is you can just pay Hunter Dozier. This much money just to be in the dugout because he's so much fun to look at. He is a handsome, <laughs> handsome gentleman.
2: He's basically like a, just a, an improved version of Alex Gordon there with the, yeah. uh, the same beard going, looking just a
0: little bit less of a square jaw. So it kind sure. of is off putting to me. <laughs> if Kendall had like a, a, a scruffy facial hair thing going on, I mean, it'd beat Hunter <laughs> Dozier. I yep. I fully convinced but
1: you know i'm a big time hunter dozer fan he's my guy <laughs> i think 2019 was a sign of things to come and i'm here to tell you when that 2025 option comes that 10 million is going to be a no-brainer kids wow We're, hunter oh, dozer is going to be playing for the royals that year because i think he's a masher and i love his at bats i will i love watching yeah. him i love his plate discipline and, and and watch not discipline enough but he understands the strike zone so well when, when I told you this before, when you see him and Solaire at an abat bat, and you see a ball that's just outside, and they don't get the call, they they react because they yeah. know. And if there's one right on the black, they they just know the edge of that zone so well. And there's just so many guys that don't seem to have to give you that feeling when they're at the plate. They they, they might argue stuff that's bullshit, and it, they don't argue bullshit. They argue if nope. it's if it's wrong. I, I, I'm glad he's he's in for the long haul
0: yep i agree it's uh it's another solid bat i think it's consistent but he does have a little bit to prove in that department i think injury history does have a lot to to do with his lackluster seasons but we shall see last year aberration i, I you can't hold that against him he had he missed the first 20 days had 40 games to kind of cram into a good season so he's even talked about himself he, he put too much pressure on himself to be able to do that to to produce every day and perform well so we'll see how it goes i i also expect a big year from hunter dozier um now he's got a little job security very handsome uh you heard it here first in the clearing waivers podcast a he's handsome b he'll be playing for the royals in 2025 c 29 (laughs) is the new 22 years old That's right with uh diet and exercise as (laughs) kids eat your vegetables yeah (laughs) <laughs> let's uh i guess before we move on we could talk about this gerard dyson uh, acquisition we've talked about when they signed they made the michael taylor signing they were still kind of looking potentially for a left-handed assuming platoon bat in center field brian you actually brought up gerard dyson's name along with yasiel puig uh shed a tear because i don't think that's happening but the Dayton Moore we <laughs> had been assembling parts of the old contending run with uh irvin santana except he might have been gone by the time I don't think he was around for 14. I can't remember for sure. I think he was the twins at that point, but urban Santana, Greg Holland, Wade Davis. Now Gerard Dyson is in the mix. It's very much getting the band back together. So quickly, what's, uh, what's the thoughts on here? Are are we liking this signing? Are we kind of meh about it or what? Uh, I was kind of meh when I first heard it, but then I kind of looked a little deeper and he's got defensive
2: value. And like you said, this be a speed option late in the game too. was always helpful. I don't hate it. It's one and a half million. It's jump change. It's,
0: Right, one year contract,
2: not necessarily. uh It's it's nothing to be. It's nothing really to be upset about. Right at that in that level, so I hope he works out. I mean, he's a fan favorite for a reason. The guy is
0: just fun, and he always interviews. He's great. So I was looking at his projections; all seem to be on base percentage around 294 in that ballpark. That's what you're getting out of him. I don't know about the stolen base department. Brian, what's uh, where are you at? I know, I know you saw uh, his ranking for the <laughs> He's going to pinch run for in to pinch run.
1: Yeah, he doesn't run like he used to, but you can't tell me that he's slow by, by any means these days. So I, I'll take him back. It may be sentimental. His numbers are not going to wow you by any means. He's not going to really win you any games with the bat in his hands. But I will say, you asked me the other day, among these position players, who has an edge to them on this team? Yeah. They're all a bunch of like, eh vanilla pudding. <laughs> what do we call it? They're laid back, <laughs> passive. Whit Merrifield probably got a little bit of an edge to him, but if by like God, a, Hey
0: guys, let's go out and win. We're going to do good this year. Yeah. If
1: Rod okay. Dyson got anything to him, it's an edge and it's an energy. And the guys love to play with him. You got Salvi's like joke buddy back in the clubhouse with him. We, I wish we could have low back too, yeah. but we can't have everything. So give me Dyson to be on that bench every day kind of being a presence among those young guys. And if we need to get in a fight, draw Dyson, get us into a fight.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> He'll get you a scrap. <laughs> uh, negative three defensive runs saved last year. So that's, Ooh, uh, that's not a good sign. We don't count not, last year, remember? Not super. That's true. Yeah, that's good, right? uh, year prior to that was 14 at an 879 inning sample size. So that's not too shabby. I oh, yeah. will say that he had a very Ben Attendee-like year at the plate last year with a 16
1: (laughs) WRC plus we don't talk about (laughs) last year didn't didn't know that was a thing how many times will I have to tell you (laughs) we only talk about last year if it was good
0: (laughs) I've never seen a WRC plus that low ever in in my life I'm in
2: on I'm in on that only 2020 talk if it was a good season
0: yeah okay that's fine that's fine. only only positive (laughs) vibes only on this podcast from here on out guys I um, mean, was no, one of
1: the best relievers in the league last year. That's what, we'll don't, talk about that.
2: Don't <laughs> promise. Uh, don't promise only good vibes on this podcast about talking talk about Royals. Let's That's not true. set this precedent yet. We've That's got a, fact, a long Jack.
0: season to grind through. It's spring. Hope is renewed. We're all in That's a good right. vibe. This point, so yeah. we haven't quite got soured yet. Speaking of spring training, we got a collection of uh, one certain thing that we're watching out of spring training this season. I suddenly feel the need to change mine, <laughs> but I'm gonna go first here. I, my one thing that I'm watching the spring training is I am wanting to see what Kyle Isbell is bringing to this table this season. All the reports last season were that he was just showing off and showing up out at the alt site last year, he hasn't had an at bat above high A. He's 24 years old now. Everybody, I keep seeing the comp of Andrew Andrew Benatendi in and of itself. I've also seen Alex Gordon a couple times, so we'll see about all that. But if he were to able to provide depth and get a sniff at the majors this year, probably going to Omaha this year, if he's starting to produce, he can become another Attendee at that point. Got a couple, two or three years in center field that he can play really, really well. And then see what happens with Ben Attendee or Whit Merrifield to see if he goes to a corner and provide really good upside defense uh, out there. And then potentially, I mean, what are we expecting in line from him in the majors? Like two sixty-five, two seventy at least uh, of a batting average with maybe twenty dingers and twenty stolen bases. I'll take that from a seven or eight spot hitter every time. If that's the floor of what Kyle Isbell is able to bring to the Royals in the future. That's cheap production, and if you get upside with him, that's a two-hole hitter. And I am here for Kyle Isbell having web gems. He's already got one in spring training, apparently, already in game one. Uh, already has a couple hits in an RBI, so I'm really, really watching to see what happens to Kyle Isbell. I was listening to, uh, I think it was Seren Petro asked a question about like who was the last outfielder that was homegrown for the Royals, came through the system as an outfielder, Not doesn't count Alex Gordon's coming through the third baseman. And really, I think Gerard Dyson is probably got a case, but from an everyday production standpoint, it's probably David DeJesus, and I've seen that comp quite a bit as well. So if you're getting David DeJesus out of Kyle Isabel, yeah, Giddy up. I'm into it. If that's starting now, then I'm all for it. We're, or we're all the better team for the Royals are, are certainly a benefit, benefactor of Kyle Bell's production. I can't wait to see what he's able to do uh, in spring training. So that's what I'm looking for. Kitty, what are you looking for in the spring training this year? I'm looking to
2: see how I'm going to be able to watch. Those games, And that is because <laughs> I am a cord cutter and all these fun streaming services decided to dump all the regional sports network, Fox, Fox regional sports network. So there you are, uh, YouTube TV, Sling, Hulu, Fubo, all of them have cut it. So I'm hoping that something happens. I kind of just read a bit about it today and yesterday. Seems like the the big wigs, um, you got Google that owns YouTube TV, and Disney has a controlling interest in Hulu, so they don't care. Right. I mean, they're not going to. Like if you drop their service because you don't get the regional sports network, it's such a small drop in the bucket in. for them <laughs> that they don't it doesn't, doesn't matter to them if they lose 50,000 yep. yep. subscribers from not getting the RSNs. That's not their main business model. They don't, they don't this is that's just extra for them. Yep. So then I keep seeing rumors that the Sinclair broadcasting group that owns them all just recently did a deal with Valleys mm-hmm. where they're they have a small stake in everything that Bally's does. So I'm hoping that something can get done, which also could help the price point as well. If they're getting money from gambling, that can help sure. everybody also out there. Also not a
0: very unstable uh, business to be in. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly.
2: <laughs> you got people signing up at home for your, uh, getting those bets in, going to mm-hmm. make some money there. So I just, the question is how much, Will they charge if it's just a standalone service? Because I feel like they don't, they can't charge too little, where then all the other normal cable companies, your, your Google Fibers or whoever else you have, Spectrum, they'll all start cutting the regional sports networks too. And then everyone yeah. has to go on. So it's probably be a little TV. Probably, probably be a little pricey this year if they yeah. do a standalone option. But I just want to know the possibilities out there that I can watch right. one of those. Without paid. having to to having to lock into a twelve month contract through Spectrum year in, year out now going forward.
0: They did announce a new app, so take that for what it is. I don't know okay. if that's a, a plus or a negative or neutral. It doesn't really doesn't really mean much as far as ground covered as how we can watch Royals games as cord cutters. But yeah, we'll have to see. I'll be super disappointed. I, they got to do something, right? I mean, something's got to give. I was hoping that NHL and NBA coming back first would push them a
2: little bit, but right. there does not be any information or any noise there where anyone cares <laughs> that right. they aren't getting the normal stuff from NBA. And I think because NBA also, they do enough national televised games through a few other channels that people right. that don't have a team don't really care as much, but then... Probably some of the cities that do have it are missing it a little bit,
0: but they there's still at least a little more, few more options maybe. So yeah. it's a it's a wild it's a wild thing how little baseball cares about growing their fan bases. I know being able to watch them. Well, it's not even any It's also yeah, especially
2: when you when they just take down every single highlight off the internet. Right. No, you can't put that on. No, get your get, a, get a highlight off Twitter, please. Do these executives not understand how people consume nowadays? Let Don't the care. stuff go on Twitter or whatever. I mean. Don't force – no one wants to go to MLB.com for every single time I want to see any one highlight. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Completely agree. They'll figure something out. I have faith in them. Brian, what's the one thing you're watching in spring training this year?
1: Well, it's kind of the same as you with Isabel, but this is the pitching staff. And all summer camp long last year we heard Daniel Lynch is a different dude this year. looks great. He looks like he's, you know, knocking on the door, being ready. And maybe if, if it wasn't a short season, maybe he makes his way onto that roster last year. Um, so I'm looking forward just to see him. We did get to see him a little bit today against the Cubs. If you were able to tune into that game, kind of struggled with location a little bit, but you can see with the tools that they're talking about, with that gas throwing upper nineties now, and along with the slider and the changeup, and, and it's just tantalizing and you got guys like you know Royals Farm Report anybody follows them as saying you know this hype reminds them of the Patrick Mahomes hype that the year before he blew mm-hmm. up so I mean just the excitement of of hearing things like that uh, you just want to see it with your own eyeballs and so you know just thinking about a guy you know no matter what scouting service you use he's he's up there at the top of left-handed pitchers as prospects in Major League Baseball so the excitement of that the thought of him being potentially good enough to push a Danny Duffy to the bullpen or a Mike minor to the bullpen, or if they're pitching well as the season's going and you can use him as like the Andrew Miller, Josh Hader type out of the bullpen Ooh. where he can just completely dominate anytime you need two innings of dominant pitching. I mean, that that's exciting too to a team that's, you know, talking like they want to compete this year and they're willing to use their best arm, best young arms, however they need to, to help win. I don't see him breaking, the, you know, opening day roster, but I could definitely see him here in a couple of months, you know, coming up in whatever capacity is with this being a, a especially a year where they're probably going to cut, try to control these innings that these young guys pitch coming off mm. those short season and they're still trying to build up. And you've got a guy, like you said, with his bells, never been above high A ball. And so, you could see him maybe racking up some starts in the minors and then they say you know look we're you know looking down the road here we, we think he can help the major league team and we can also only have him pitch 40 innings out of out of relief the rest of the year and we can control mm-hmm. that and so a, a guy like that with that many tools and this team potentially being on the cusp of competing it's exciting to watch so i, I just want to see him blow guys by and i'm glad i mean kind of bit him today but i also am glad that they're using him at the front of the game where the other team has their starters still in so you get to see him pitch against chris bryant you get to pitch against the studs on the other team to see if he really is major league ready or not
0: remember seeing brady singer making his spring training debut last year against the cubs and being pumped that he had like he was like an eight pitch first inning against uh bryant rizzo and might have been javi yeah. But it was just like, it was very reminiscent of that. Different, different outcomes. <laughs> Smidge different outcome. I think it went walk, walk, single, triple, basis clearing Ooh. triple uh, today. That was in the second inning trouble. pitch. Was it? Oh, yeah, he, he, yeah did. he did. He came in after Junis. What uh, the Cubs had a, had something, a vendetta against Junis today for some reason. Hit him with a comebacker. And then uh, Jason Hayward almost split his coal with a broken bat.
1: Yeah, that was scary looking. He did. Give it a
0: rest out there in the south and the north side. And Jesus. Jake
1: junas touching ninety four.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, he added a cutter. Looks pretty sexy.
1: Nice.
0: Got uh, got Chris Bryant guessing for sure.
1: Let's go. <clears throat> we'll
0: see what Al Junis goes. I like the I like the thought of that as well. I, I think we've got a little bit to watch here in spring training. I think it's only going to get more and more interesting as the years go by. I think Omaha is going to be a busy place in the next year or two. Uh, going to be some studs coming in and out of there and uh, uh i'm very much interested in going to omaha for some of those uh some of those games so we'll see how it goes i think i did see right before we came on the AAA did postpone their the start of their season for four more weeks so i think it, beginning of may i think is what i saw yeah, That's what i saw we'll have to see how it goes whatever yeah, i mean i mean it needs
2: yeah cuz the minor leaguers need a full season yes. as well i mean that, yep. they didn't get hard. most of those guys got nothing last year mhm Excited, except for basically extended spring training. So to lose another season of minor league ball would just be tough. Yep. It'd be so hard for all those guys at development just get get stagnated like that. And you, some guys that were on
0: a cusp or something just all of a sudden fall back off the cliff. So, Mm -hmm. well, maybe they have a little bit better faring if they arrive to spring training in say it with me, the best Best shape shape of their life. We haven't quite heard those words yet. We've heard, we've kind of seen a little bit of the dancing around the narrative of best shape of his life. Like Brian mentioned with Daniel Lynch, he just looks different this year, man. He just, he just got that, got that look in his eye type of thing. But we want to see, since they haven't officially named anybody, we want to see and take some guesses at who we think is gonna get that narrative applied to them in spring training. We've all got one player. Uh, mine is the correct answer, but I'm gonna let you guys go first. <laughs> Kitty, who is your guess at who gets the best shape of their life narrative this spring? I'm going with Mondesi. Yep.
2: I feel like he's it was. he's going into age 25. This is oh, he's he's finally put on muscle this offseason. He just <laughs> really gotten the workout. Got to work out all offseason because he, after the, some of his injuries he's had, he didn't get the chance to really do what he wanted to most offseason. But this yeah. year, this all year he was doing his
0: rehabbing until this. Year. All he was
2: doing work this year, but this year he was working out, adding bulk, getting big, ready to mm-hmm. best shape of his life. He's ready to steal 100 bases, hit 25 home runs. He's ready. This is mm-hmm. it. Who's ready? Who also? Who's with us? <laughs>
0: Well, it's a tough start to that guess. Uh, he's coming in. I think he got hit with a beat, <laughs> you know, they hit by a pitch, and now his foot hurts. Yep. Uh, so <laughs> tough start already. But uh, but I think that's a really good <laughs> a really good pick in and hey, of itself for sure. You can't work out your foot.
2: What you, what, come on. True. <laughs> True.
0: I think and I think they said that they like what they've seen out of them in drills and stuff. They just don't want to for a guy that relies heavily on his speed. They don't want to mess yeah. with his foot too much, which makes I don't, sense. Don't I guess, but yeah. it's tough to. Uh, it's just certainly tough to start spring training that way, but spring training's a month long. Who cares? Brian, who's your pick for best shape of your life narrative?
1: I'm going with Mr. bury me a Royal Danny Duffy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got the new number, new me going on here with sure. Santana coming to town. He just gladly just said, here's, here's number 41. I'm going to, you know, take over ACEs number. So I think with that being said, I think he's going to be all business this year uh i'm sure he's heard the rumblings of all all the nerds that want to push him to the bullpen <laughs> and uh he's probably tired of hearing that after you know he's kind of had a pretty good year he had a pretty good career with this team and i think he just kind of want to shut the people up he needs to clean up his image a little bit too with the dui and then he had the incident last year with the the tire blowout and he missed his flight missed the start because of it so there's some kind of some stuff there to clean up so I don't think he's going to say a whole lot, but I could see that being the story coming from the Royals. <laughs> Is, <Sure. laughs> he's, you know, he's focused this year. Yeah. I could see them spinning last year as actually being an advantage to him because the recovery time from the season wasn't as much, not as much to wear and tear in his arms. So he's feeling, you know, fresh and let's just say the best shape of his life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like that. I'd be fine with that. It. I feel like he got that designation like a year or two ago when they did that big article about how much he's a runner. Yep. He's running long distances. Walks for
1: 30 miles. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, well, now with the, uh, the, the number change, as we mentioned earlier about someone that's going to be able to uh, light a fire into these boys and get into them, maybe a scrape, there you go. Yep. yep. Well, Ace Ventura was always ready to. Uh... Don't test him. Ready to throw down. <laughs> Ready to throw at someone's throw at someone's back a little bit upper back
0: if he needed to. Uh huh. I uh, I mean, probably doesn't want to break out that number for nothing. Not for a shitty season. Not for right. a hundred lost season. So, Absolutely. I'm into it. And it'd be kind of tough to. I'm just now kind of putting this together, but he breaks out that tribute, and then the Royals potentially like talk about trading him. that's an interesting way to it's like an anchor baby almost he's got leverage now (laughs) Like, go ahead divorce me now go ahead (laughs) go ahead divorce me guy great call uh speaking of great calls here's my great call um my (laughs) prediction for best shape of his life narrative he's a guy on the roster bubble left-handed power bat which the royals don't have much of ryan o'hearn is my Prediction for the received recipient of the best shape of his life. I think the Royals like him. Um, We've seen him have success. The major league level when he broke out in 2018 has done nothing since Um, last season. He did not for nothing. He did have the 63rd highest exit average exit velocity in 2020. He also was 221st in barrels per plate appearance. (laughs) So he hits the, he hits the ever living shit out of the ball. It just goes on the ground a lot. I think his launch angle average was like 11 degrees. Not too hot, not too hot, but we'll see how it goes. He does have that power. He can draw a walk. He does see a lot of pitches. He's a first baseman. Carlos Santana doesn't have the cleanest bill of health. I could totally see him potentially seeing some at bats against right-handed pitching for sure. Um, I already see people trying to like pay Golem, trying to st- shove his way in there saying that, Oh, he's a first baseman, but he also plays corner outfield. <laughs> he does not play <laughs> corner outfield anymore. No more. Get that out of your head. He's played 11.2 major league innings in the outfield over three seasons. He is not a corner outfielder. He is a designated hitter and a first baseman not very good first baseman so He's if a you need a left-handed pinch <laughs> pinch hit i'm into it i'm fine with it you need a you need a runner you're down two in the late inning you have a runner on or you need a runner on i'd say get him in there against the righty and you're in good shape i'm I'm totally okay with kind of carrying him for that capacity he has a big he had a big spring training last year led the uh the spring training in home runs at five home runs and like 36 plate appearances or something like that 1252 OPS not too shabby as well he did already hit a home run in spring training in the first or second game I can't remember which I think it was the first game yep. so I could totally see everybody putting all these pieces together and saying yeah maybe maybe he's in the best shape of his life this 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 spring he had a <laughs> little had a tough year but he came to camp ready to go and you could see it because he's already hit 17 home runs in 17 games in spring training <laughs> um, I could totally still see that but he also has two options as well. I could. He's probably headed to Omaha, and he's gonna get real used to that I twenty nine stretch between Kansas City and Omaha at this point. I think, but that's who I think. I think it's Ryan O'Hearn, sneaky athlete. That, that is just yeah. the worst
2: location, really, for those guys because it's always a bus ride, no matter which way you're going. It uh-huh. seems like. Oh, you just be a little farther they away to, to get like a, a private driver, Maybe right? I mean, sure, but it's. I mean, it's still just. You're just in the backseat of a car for a couple hours every time you go on that trip.
0: That's just—I mean—it's four hours, every bit of three or four hour drive. That is just the worst possible distance without a major, without bad. major airport in
2: nearby. Mm-hmm. Besides the besides the city you're driving to, if you're going from Omaha to KC,
0: <laughs> and Kansas City is like the, probably the nearest city that you could potentially go to a major. Like they could be on a road game, and what's the closest? Minneapolis. <laughs> at That point. Yeah, that's probably. still twelve hours away. that's tough that's very tough so yeah that's uh that's really a wrap on the uh spring training we're at least for kind of uh, anticipating from spring training a little bit we uh we will have some overreaction episodes as well as uh uh, just our general thoughts about where they are in spring training at the moment uh so stay tuned for that we'll uh, uh we'll definitely be talking more about spring training but let's move on to the shenanigans for this week um we are going with our old pal who asked you it's going to be kind of tweaked with our new residency in royals review kicking the shenanigans off at royals review with a who asked you segment let's get to it so you replied to my tweet on one hot take and i'm like who asked you this week we're going to tweak a little bit um we're going to kind of focus on one thing this week is going to be an article on royals review um our buddy hokias writes contributor for royals review he's been there for a while but he wrote an article last week about how the the comments from kevin kevin mather who's the team president of the seattle mariners former team president of seattle mariners um, kind of came out with some very controversial shall we say comments about the inner workings of the seattle mariners at the time and you know when you got to spill the beans to his 30 year 30 year scotch club buddies um you just got to so hokias wrote an article saying that Mather's comments are basically making him kind of rethink his outlook on dayton Moore at this point kind of like claiming that he was wrong about some of the criticism that he's uh he's shown uh towards dayton Moore, and they kind of changed his mind about uh, never selling on a season always kind of wanting to be a competitor and be winning and kind of at least telling himself and us that, you know, they expect to win right now. They're not tanking, even though the results spoke at tanking quite a bit. So he doesn't sell on seasons. He's always doesn't appear to be gaming service time to some of his prospects, uh, appears to treat his fans with respect as well but on the others on the other hand he doesn't I'm not quite sure he called dm a good general manager at this point he's talent evaluations lacking a little bit too player friendly uh, potentially at times a little bit too loyal to his guys at some points um and then he points to him pushing an evangelical agenda onto some of his players uh, the no porn rule i think that comes to mind with all of us at this point but um i guess what about you guys did this uh did Mather's comments kind of change your outlook on Dayton more at all as a general manager. Kitty, I'll start with you here. I mean, it changed my outlook definitely on
2: certain people are probably way worse than they put out to the media as a personality trait, Yeah, which I don't, I think Dayton, at least what you get with him is genuine. I don't okay. think as far as, I mean, obviously all these guys spin the truth a little bit as far as when they have to mm-hmm. talk about players directly, but, Again, yeah, he definitely seems to be seems to be who he is anytime mm. he has an interview or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah, it's just a uh, really impressively bad look for that guy from Maithun from Seattle.
0: <laughs> I mean and really half of the things I, that I people mean, are calling them out for are things that we know are happening like the end yeah, no, of the service time and, and yeah. kind of that way but the whole part of no like, that it's the the c- calling out the japanese players yeah. and the latin players
2: for not speaking <laughs> enough english like dude come on that is an issue for sure what 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 world are you living in yeah i mean i didn't realize that every single player had service uh or had a uh access to english language courses since the time they were five years old they're going to play because they know that they might play baseball at some point in the major leagues yeah i mean come on that's that's a ridiculous position to take Uh, right
0: so bad brian what do you think is this has mather being an asshole changed your outlook on dayton Moore at all
1: he hasn't changed my outlook on him but i do think that it has kind of woke up the rest of the uh, baseball about the differences between these guys and not just treating them all the same and saying they're all, they all the, are the same because mm-hmm. I mean, the Royals have shown even during the pandemic year, that when they, one of the first ones to sign up and say, we're paying all our minor leagues players through the season and keeping all of our staff that we can, when a bunch of other people took cuts, that speaks mm-hmm. to the ownership and it speaks to him. Um, but I think him specifically, it doesn't change for me, but I'm glad, um, I'm appreciative that through these years, even though, like you said, they've had bad records that they haven't completely tanked and sold off every face that everyone knows. Um, I appreciated that because it, it, it ha- he has shown, we're on the up- uptick here, but he hasn't shown it yet, but that you can kind of keep those guys together. You can keep the wits, you can keep the Duffies, you can keep the salvies, the faces of your franchise, and still – Get decent enough draft picks to build your minor league system up, build, you know, through uh, international signings and everything like that. You can you can build the stock back up while keeping those guys winning 60 to 70 games a year and have that next wave come through. Because when it does, if it comes back through, it makes the payoff so much better when you see a guy like Witt have success for the first time in his career because it's such – shit luck for him that his <laughs> yep. career started basically right after the, they were competitive. And yeah. he's, you can tell he's a super competitive guy and just wants to win. He puts in the work and he deserves to have, have a winning franchise. And so I, I appreciate that he's done that. I totally get the mindset of tank get number one picks for five years in a row. And then you'll have, you'll have an Astros type situation going, but yeah. I did. I just, I can't root for my team to lose. I don't want my team to look, unbearable to watch like I can't imagine being a Pittsburgh Pirates fan this year like you have zero hope you have no hope you have Todd Fraser as the face of your team basically and you're looking at a division that doesn't have a dominant team this year and you know your team has no chance no chance yeah. to compete when that division is there to be had I hate that and at least you know the way Dayton did it if there were years where they felt like they could kind of go for it, maybe you, you kind of buy in a little bit more and, and you and you don't have that shit that you hope is sticking on the wall this time. Maybe they maybe they add ahead of the time that they thought they were, but it never hit. Now it's kind of building up. Those guys are still around. I'm so glad they're still around and mm-hmm. we didn't sell sell those guys off. Uh, I'm glad that they get to lead this next wave through what's hopefully a competitive window.
0: And that might be Yet to be seen a little bit with Salvi and Duffy's contracts kind of coming up. Uh, I'm curious to see, I, I think they got us extend Salvi at some point and Duffy, I would love to see him buried a Royal for sure. But um, it's kind of yet to be seen at what point the contention window starts. It might be this year. It might yep. be 2022, might be 2023 who knows. Right. But you do definitely root for a guy like wit who, yeah, definitely uh, deserves a run here at this point. Uh, personally, personally, I keep coming back to, yes, of course, it's great that your general manager treats players like humans. It just <laughs> seems like it's not too much to ask a boss, a person at the head of the ship to not be an asshole. <laughs> um, the problem lies is uh, there has to be a good balance. Um, baseball is a business and you're going to hear that all the time. Baseball is a business. Baseball is a business. They are assets. They are also human beings, Uh, It's especially in a small market. You have to to make the right choices almost all the time, definitely way more often than not. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it is not too much to ask to have a general manager not treat their players like pieces of shit, but also good at evaluation, good at drafting, good at scouting, good at negotiating, good at finding the right guys. That I don't necessarily see as Dayton Moore's strengths at this point. He He does have a ring. He has two World Series uh, appearances, two pennants, uh, one division title. That's not nothing. He also has a lot of 100 lost seasons, Mm -hmm. and that seems to be the problem. It can be done. The Rays are always in it. They're a small market team. We make jokes about their home attendance being absolutely pitiful, but they still know how to develop and evaluate talent. So it can be done. They seem to have some kind of disconnect between their players feeling like they are just assets being traded. So I think that there is somewhat of a disconnect. They aren't the model franchise to be a small market general manager. They aren't setting the example in the whole overarching thing, but they know how to do the damn thing when it comes to scouting and player development. So there is something you could pull from that. If Dayton Moore, somebody in the comments of that article mentioned, like how much would it cost the Royals to go get their entire scouting department out of Tampa Bay? That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be great. I, yeah. I that would be fantastic. It would cost a lot of money, a lot of money, um, but uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It, I don't think that this necessarily changed my outlook on Dayton Moore. Like Kitty said, I never got the impression that he was like a closet of a hole. <laughs> he always seemed like a very <laughs> genuinely good guy and all the reports say that that's exactly who it was um so i haven't read his book but i'm sure it's just stocked stocked full of good dudeness. so <laughs> i uh I, it was never a matter of not thinking dayton moore was a bad dude it was just i need more on the field i just need more mm-hmm. before i'm ready to they have an example across the parking lot. I was at AP laboratory shout out. They're talking about how the Russell Wilson situation Deshaun Watson situation is just an absolute dumpster fire because they don't know how to treat their franchise quarterbacks. The chiefs knew how to start the franchise, the whole process over starting with Andy Reed went and got the guy identified Patrick Mahomes as a guy that they had to go show conviction, go get him, get him. They identified the talent. They developed him under a great system and a great coach. And then they paid him. They treated him with respect. They paid him. And then even last year, he got input on the Clyde Edwards Lee their pick. So they go and consult him. They're treating him the right way. It feels like you can both be a good talent evaluator and a good boss. So I think it's out there. Obviously apples to oranges as far as the payroll situation on both those situations, but it can be done, and I feel like it's not necessarily too much to ask my general manager to be
1: able to do both. So, well, and I I think he he's shown an improved track record as far as identifying talent and making, you know, good draft picks because he had bad bad drafts at the awful. beginning of his career here in Kansas City, and yeah, I mean, arguably his last few three or four years, I think he's knocked it out of the park as far as the the top end of the drafts. And So yep. I think, I think he has improved, whether that's bringing on new people to help get in his ear or changing his strategy, you know as a whole. Uh, but I think that is a promising development that probably not just luck.
0: Yep, I think that's probably true. Let's uh, kind of along those lines, a recent draft pick that kind of came up last year as a uh, a debut season. They decided not to game his time, but Brady Singer made his debut. They could have kept him down for just six more days, less than a week in a shortened season. That was more or less a loss for the Royals. They decided to keep him up instead of putting him down for six days and getting that extra controlled year with Brady Singer on the back end. Do we think that they handled that situation correctly in your minds? Brian, what do
1: you think? I think, you know, (laughs) 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 I mean, General sense says six days. What are you doing for a whole year? Uh, but mm-hmm. I also think, um, you know, that's kind of a making a statement, right? When mm-hmm. that's backing up the talk that you've been saying that you don't gain the system. And so when it is that small of a window that you could have, you know, made up any excuse in the book to game the system, he didn't do it. Yeah. And I think that 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 multiplies down the road as far as your image and like you guys keep talking about genuine. That when you when you do what you say you're going to do even when it's six days we're talking about Mm -hmm. that, that matters. I mean, that helps your reputation. That helps the whole franchise going forward. And just, uh, just a matter of just starting him out this year, instead of holding him back anyway, I think it, it meant a lot to Brady Singer as far as confidence goes in him, that he's ready. And when you put him out there, and you kind of let him get his licks with this major league team, and he's not doing it at the same time as, you know, Kowar and Lynch and the next kind of wave behind them. Stagger them. They're yeah. not all trying to figure it out at the same time. So you yeah. got, you got a guy like Singer and Bubich that have, have been through it. They know what the difference between minor league and major league is now, now and they know how to go about it. So you, they, their kind of development is something that you can't get in the, in the minor leagues. And I'll always say that I hate, when guys are ready, I hate wasting live bullets in the minor leagues. If these mm-hmm. guys are throwing major league pitches and they can help my major league team, I want them on this team somehow. So yep. I, I think you I don't know what the deal is with like is that McKinsey Gore in, in San Diego that's like the number one pitching prospect? And they just yeah. keep adding pitchers over the top of him. Yep. And he's got to be like, what the <laughs> hell's going on here? I like I'm ready to go. And you guys just keep paying people 20 million dollars I'm him, trading right for here. him. I'm yep. right here, guys. Yep. It's things like that. Like, we, we don't have that luxury of just being able to buy the best pitchers in baseball, but I hate the thought of this guy could be a dominant major league pitcher, but we got guys over here, and we're making him throw in triple-A to some bum that should have retired four years ago.
0: <laughs> Kitty, where are you at on the singer situation? Yeah, I'm with uh,
2: BK on that, too, as far as just the uh, – I feel like you've only got so many bullets in the arm before all these guys end up getting injured. So why not use those bullets at the major league level? Mm-hmm. And when you, like, again, genuine, if you say we want to, we're going to bring guys up when they're major league ready. And then you do it in a, with a, where you could have saved a, a small market team, could have saved a year of arbitration for six days. That's, I mean, something, I feel mm-hmm. like it's going to mean something to other prospects where they're not going to feel disrespected or they'll feel like maybe, you know, what, maybe I'm not ready. And when they do keep a guy down longer when he thinks he's ready, but the organization doesn't. So there's that kind of balance there too. So,
0: yeah,
2: I mean, it's as if, as a fan of a small market team, I want guys to get held back a little longer than they should. <laughs> sure. Yeah.
1: You're the but, man, but, kitty. You're the man.
2: I'm the asshole in that regard. So. <laughs> <laughs> but You're I understand. I, I like, yeah no i'm just i'm the worst
0: person the
1: wealthy that's <laughs> i you. talk a
0: big game like "Hey, yo, i'm matter sucks and i got right yep, out a lot the place. i didn't know you were so pro owners <laughs> i know right what a jerk <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah so but... that, to that point like from a business standpoint it doesn't make any sense not to find a reason to keep him down for six days mm-hmm. uh for it, it's very hard for all of us i'm sure I mean, if it was like a few weeks, I understand, but six days is, <laughs> is just such a fine line in a shortened season. It's, yeah. It is a very uh, distinct situation. It's not like saying it was Eric Hosmer's situation. He, he did everything he needed to do to prove that he was ready. They are like, let's do it then. Let's do it. He needed to get up there and start grinding his teeth and cutting his teeth in the majors at that point. I mm-hmm. think there's still a case to be made. The singer didn't necessarily need that. And you damn sure could have found a way to do six days. The <laughs> one question that I have in this situation is we mentioned Hosmer not getting gamed the system time, Dayton Moore kind of getting that reputation as a good guy. What has that got him at this point? He's been around long enough to have that reputation. Players know who he is, agents know who he is. What has that gained him at this point? He's gotten,
1: got, He got those guys to sign the undrafted guys last year or whatever. Where they were just free game. Did. And yep. there were there were guys that signed with the Royals for that reason, that they, yep. that they knew it was out there, that it was a good franchise that took care of their players, and they were paying their minor leaguers, and they didn't cut staff. And yep. I think it did pay last offseason.
0: That could. Yep, they did get some names in that for sure. Um, they also have guys like Salvi, Ordano, Duffy, and now Dozier. Signed fairly team friendly. wit is also involved in that, even though he didn't have much leverage, neither did Dozier. But they all signed fairly team friendly deals, uh, signed away a couple of their free agent seasons to stick around. Dozier called the Royals the greatest organization on earth, so I think that that's not nothing. Uh, it also makes the Keller Mondesi, the Benatendi potential ex- extensions uh, even more of a must watch uh, to see exactly how that's handled and what that kind of comes from that, but. As far as like big time free agent signings, everybody they sign is all fair market value. They're not taking, they're not taking deals to stick around. Gordo, Ian Kennedy, Minor Santana, Hamill, Vargas, uh, Eddie Volquez, Guts at the time was still, uh, <laughs> uh, still fair, very, very fair market deal when he got. So they're not taking, they're not taking team friendly deals, and some of those roles obviously overpaid for them. So. Yep. That's not happening. International pl- international players, I don't really know. It's hard to say really with them why they would sign with the Royals because all teams kind of touch base with these big studs down there at some point you would think. But I just question how much that this good guy reputation that Dayton Moore has gotten with the players uh, has gotten him. Somebody in the comments of that article mentioned that Dayton Moore make a great baseball commissioner. And I'm all for that. I think he is very much pro-player, pro-baseball game, Urban Youth Academy. He wants to grow it. The Dominican uh, 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 school uh, was also very much in play for Dayton Moore. So he wants to grow the game, obviously. So he would be a great commissioner, but I'm just not a great D- GM at this point.
1: But. Good grief, Josh. Hmm. <laughs> you know what that
2: thought you said? It didn't change your mind at all. You still hate him. Gotcha.
0: Yep. Hate him. Good God. <laughs> He's a terrible <laughs> you over- being. Brought you a world serious and you hate his guts. Just hate him. Couldn't could not <laughs> cannot wait for Sherman to can his ass. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do like Dayton more. He's a he's a good dude. It's hard to say anything bad about him, but I would like to see a little bit more. Maybe we'll
2: maybe except for that three, three that minute hard rate you just
0: went on. <laughs> Outside of that, hard to say anything bad about a guy. I can't remember. I blacked out. Was it about three minutes long? I can't I don't think I took a breath. I don't remember breathing at all, so so let's lock sometime. that up there's your there's your who asked you uh we'll try <laughs> to do more of those later uh either it's spotlighting an article or picking up random internet questions across the internet we'll uh we'll get get through that together but let's close it out with uh, one of our favorite shenanigans uh that we've played in the past if you haven't uh listened to an episode we'll tell you what's going on here but let's get to that sexy sexy theme song
1: here watch waiting game Watch waiting
0: it is the waiver watch waiting game basically we've all got four movies we each brought a movie or a tv show to the table we're going to try to get each other to guess the critics rotten Tomatoes score uh we got a little system set up for that but each one of these is going to have a theme as well and in the honor of it being spring training we got a lot of movies and tv shows with training montages So that's going to be the overall arching theme of this week's waiver watch waiting game. Um, I'm going to go with a random listener submitted suggestion with the training montage. And I was just very happy that they suggested this. What is the rotten tomatoes critic score of hook? (laughs) <laughs> Robin. What is the
1: training scene? What? Robin Was it training? Williams,
0: he had to get back in Peter Pan shape, man. Uh, hook? Hook. Uh, never seen it. 1991. I do not Don't know. Care to see it. I do we'll not know the uh answer here. So I'm gonna play as well. But if I happen to have kids, I will not let them see it. Really? Yeah, this is this
2: is this is movie non gratis in my place.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> i'm in wow, wow, wow hook you're gonna uh, talk about a movie i never thought we were gonna be brought up this week right
2: No, me neither. all right i'm in
0: i'm also in um i'm gonna go first just because i'm seeing it. i think this is a family friendly movie in robin williams prime it's also got michael dusty crotch uh in it as well so i get an 83 for hook in my in my book all right Let's go to Kitty's movie, Non Gratis. What do you think? I had no
2: idea. I just kind of similar lines that you spoke about with family and Reverend Williams. I said 72. Just no idea. I know there's a real huge nostalgic feel for this movie that every time I listened to uh, Doug Benson was doing his movie podcast, they would just chant Rufio's name over mm-hmm. and over. of <laughs> movie got mentioned. They
1: love Hook.
2: Yeah. People of a certain age love Hook. I think it's a little bit younger than me. I'll just go with that. True. Okay. <laughs> Brian.
1: God, I'm I'm kind of the up the direction from you two. I I've got it rotten actually. Oh. Mm. I just feel like critics poke holes in this thing, and I don't know if they dug it even as a, a from the child's aspect. I've got 53.
2: All um, right. Big swings this game. First, first one out.
1: A lot of a
0: lot of interesting. Okay. Um, Let's start with the audience score. Audience score. A lot of people like Hook, apparently. Not as much as I thought, though. 76% for an audience score. Ooh, so close. Still very much in the game. The critic score. We also often give critics a bad rap on this show, and uh, we continue to find movies to prove that point, because Hook, <laughs> Hook got a... 29% from oh, the critics. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Holy cow. 29. Oh. oh, I
2: should have I should have gone with my own take of hating this movie without ever seeing it and just going low <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> that is bonkers
1: to me. Wow. Oh, that's so low.
2: Hey, maybe it's terrible. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I've, it's been a good non-watch for me.
1: Now yeah. you have to hate watching. Yep. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm good. I'll
0: just... I'll, I'll respect the critics on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Nostalgia is a powerful tool. Jesus. It is. It really is. As shocked as Brian was that Hook came, made, a, made an appearance on this uh, yep. this segment, I might be more shocked that I got a 29. That's, uh, that's a crazy <laughs> town. Um, so that puts Brian in the lead. Brian, you're going to give us your movie next. What do you got?
1: Okay. I'm going to 2004. Kill Bill, volume two. Hmm. I love the trading scene where the like the guy is just basically torturing Uma Thurman for a good thirty days or whatever it is. Yeah. So childhood
0: one. makes a lot of sense now all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm in. Yeah, that's a great movie.
2: Oh, sorry, right. I don't want to say anything before Josh is in. Don't <laughs> give the game away. Just <laughs> case you just in case your uh, Kill Bill volume two is. Is my hook, so I'm just sure. never gonna.
0: <laughs> sure, you're gonna say something that triggers the exact right score on my fart on my part, <laughs> on your fart, on my fart. <clears throat> you win. Um, I'm in dead last, so I'm gonna go first. Okay. okay. Um, Tarantino, Uma Thurman, sequel. Usually not great, but uh, I do believe that it got good reviews. Very solid. I went again with an eighty-three.
1: Okay. Kitty,
0: what you got?
2: This was one I hadn't seen until years after it came out, which is really, really dumb move on my part. Great movie. Uh, I went with 90.
1: Mm Yeah. We don't have a five point deduction, but we were, you were both one point away from a one point deduction. (laughs) Okay. Critics had it 84. Josh just misses by a point there. That's what I need. Audience eighty nine. Damn, so close. Probably picked one of those two universally loved. I
0: needed a big round. That'll do.
1: Yep, that helps. Helpful.
0: That puts. Let's see. I you. Kitty's in second place, so you're up, Kitty. Okay. I was worried when you said two thousand four BK because I went also
2: in two thousand four, but I went with. You're gonna need a montage, mm-hmm. and we're going Team America: World Police.
1: <laughs> I mean, this could be anywhere. It could be anywhere. I
2: mean, yeah. you've got to. You're gonna need to train if you're going to outsmart Kim Jong Un as a puppet. So you need you need you some training. Need a montage.
0: Montage. montage. That All soundtrack right, I mean, was awesome.
2: Oh, uh, just so that's a ridiculous movie. <laughs>
0: I loved it. I the, song, the, song lives
2: on for, the song lives on to this day, 17 years later, about needing a montage.
0: Uh-huh. So
2: good.
1: I am in.
2: You guys both in? Yep. Let's go to BK first since he was leading after the first one.
1: I feel like this is a movie that most critics are probably in on for about 45 minutes. And then they said... <laughs> All right, that's that's enough. That's probably enough. And then by the time that the movie was over, they were like, uh, not for me. So I'm going to go rotten at 43. Ooh,
0: 43. Yeah, this is definitely going to make or break one of us. All right, well, Josh, oh, Josh must,
2: must be on the either really bad or pretty good.
0: Well, if we know anything about these critics is that they are soulless and they hate America. So <laughs> I think that this, this movie made fun of America enough that it resounded with a lot of these critics. Plus, I feel like using puffets is just a, a a genius way for the critics to be like, oh, that's unique. Let's give it a really good score. So I went with a... The Greatest Year of All Time, 1986.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, one year after the Royals won the World Series. I'm not sure if that's a good year for the Royals, uh, Royals podcast, but I'm already going 85. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just me. <laughs> okay, so critics and audience are very close on this one. One of you is really close. One of you is not close. Oh no, It's got to be me. <laughs> and the critics are at 77, audience <laughs> at 80 huh. <laughs> way off that's what i like to hear oh we've man. got a ball was, game now i kids. was pretty shocked that it was at 77 i thought it would be in the 55 60 range
1: yeah mm.
0: especially with critics not having a it's sense of it. humor but if you make a lot of jokes at america's expense boy <laughs> they love it you're gonna get up you're gonna get a lot of clapping from those crit- those soulless dead-eyed critics so- that, is right so- up, that is right up and it's right up my alley <laughs> <laughs> on Bakalaka Dock Street.
2: (laughs) I know. I think you see I think is he warning us or is he saying something?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're down to the final round. We got quite a ball game here. There's only a let's see 15 point differential between first and first and last place here. So very interesting. It's my turn. I come up with the the montage that I immediately came up with. First movie that came to my head was Hot Rod. Andy <laughs> Sandberg, Bill Hader, Danny McBride, Yorma Tacomb, oh, Isla is Fisher, cool. Will Forte. I mean, it's just the powerhouse of, of uh of comedic actors.
1: Oh my god. Oh, but it, wasn't an any it, it was an indie film. It was very
0: strange. So
1: it could be anywhere for sure.
0: Yep. Oh man, I don't
2: I'm hold on. I'm gonna adjust. All right. All right, I'm in.
0: I'm in. <clears throat> All right, so we are going to start with I believe Kitty is in first place. so Kitty, what are you at?
2: Ah, oh, I think this movie is hilarious. I don't think critics agree with me,
0: okay?
2: I think it's that it was just that maybe a little too far into stupid for the critics.. Mm-hmm. So I went with 24.. Whoa. okay? I think they hated it. Whoa. Brian.
1: I never actually watched the whole thing,
2: but really, <laughs> well, that's one critic score of run. No. <laughs> I,
1: for some reason, I got the feeling that uh, a lot of people did like it. It was like kind of like a low key. It was a, everybody's favorite secret was this funny comedy that nobody really talks about in the mainstream. So I think some of the critics enjoyed that part of it. So I'm going to say it is fresh at 68.
0: Okay. All right. Well (laughs) the audience score was a sixty-four. Ooh, ooh, almost got the audience. Which I thought was low. I thought I thought be way more people in the audience getting in on that for sure. Critics did not feel that way about it. (laughs) (laughs) It is not fresh. It got a thirty nine from critics. Dang it. Which if my numbers are correct, there is a tie. Yep.
1: Oh, no. and
0: Josh. we both have sixty-four.
2: I, sixty-four. I, I wrote down a thirty-three before. I no, that's too no. high. Like, I get a one. Let's go at it.
0: <laughs> well, that's how we kick off their residency at the Royals Review is we <laughs> oh, tie no. in the waiver watch wait I don't think we've ever had a tie for first place on the waiver watch waiting Believe game. We've not. Tough to do. <laughs> Basically, what we did is we had a difference on all these and added it up at the end to see who's got the closest cumulative score me and kitty bringing home with a 64 turns out doesn't matter how you start the game but it is how you finish oh man that's crazy
1: Mm-hmm. i mean you were off by 54 in the first round
0: first round yep
1: and you <laughs> finished with 64. Finish
0: that's 64. 64 that's impressive that's impressive amazing <laughs> hook you bastard <laughs> got me again <laughs> got me again well, that is gonna do it for us on the Clearing Waves podcast this week. I do wanna thank you all for joining us again this week. If you like what you heard, uh visit us again at the Royals Review website. We're always gonna have our stuff drop on their feed. So to go subscribe to Royals Review Radio. Uh we'll be dropping through that feed there. We'll also be dropping to our YouTube channel as well as our own Clearing Waivers uh, podcast audio and all your podcast platforms. So if you like what you heard, go uh, subscribe, leave us a a review and a comment about how we're doing. Um, You can comment under the Royal Review article here at the bottom that we'll post as well. Um, But we just really enjoy interacting with you guys. So uh, social medias at clearing waivers as well you can come talk to us on facebook or twitter or instagram as well um, but uh, we enjoyed being here we enjoyed having you um, we'll see you next week Ta top and out
1: It's over.